Welcome to I Met Someone, the dating and relationship podcast telling real stories from everyday Australian women. I'm your host, Amber Lowther. I also host Fashion Avenue, which is a fashion and beauty podcast. But you see, I've always been interested in dating stories, relationship stories. And to be completely honest with you, my dating life is a complete shit show. So here I am to share all of my dating stories. But most importantly, I want to open up the floor to you. I want the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you have a story that you would like to share on I Met Someone, then you can contact the podcast hotline on 04229089090. Simply leave a text or a voicemail with your name and a brief overview of what your story is about. Otherwise, if you just have a dramatic text thread with an X that you want to share and you're happy for me to act it out, then send it right through. Now, let's jump in to a story on I Met Someone. Winita, thank you so much for joining me on I Met Someone. Now, you messaged me with quite an interesting story (laughs) and I'm really keen to hear this because I feel like it's important and I also feel like there are people who would be in the same position as you and who might not be as forthcoming or who might not be as open um, to really share it. So please take the floor. (laughs) So um, in 2018, I found myself a single mom with two children and in a circumstance where I'd left the family home and I'd moved into a, a friend's um, empty farm property and that particular property was an adjacent centre where they um, basically rent out grass for people horses to live on. So I found myself there and um, my in my head I had thought to myself that I'm 38 or 37 at the time, I'm 37 year old woman um I've stepped away from my career I've got two small children and I'm not a very desirable candidate as um another a partner for somebody else Mm -hmm. so I had my own single mum stigma from working in the welfare industry for 14 years which I've I found um quite uncomfortable for my for my own sort of ego and self-worth and and anyway so over a period of time um i made friends with a, a woman who was attending the equestrian centre. She had horses adjusted and her sexuality had never occurred to me. She was just another single woman. She worked in the mining sector or port sector and um, I had just made friends with this woman. Was quite, she, she knew from the beginning that I was a single mom. I had two children, um, that I was sort of borderline unemployed. I was working in the hospitality industry, very limited hours and you know struggling to make ends meet really mm-hmm. and we just become quite good friends over simply me asking do you want me to do you want me to put your dog the kids can play with the dog while you um go ride your horse so that's how our relationship sort of started as just merely friends and then one particular day we were having coffee or i think we might have been having milkshakes at a cafe and she mentioned her partner as she had her ex-partner as she had a number of times but mentioned a name and I couldn't believe that over the period of time I'd gotten to know her, she'd never mentioned that her ex-partner was a man or a woman. It was just my ex. Mm-hmm. So not, 
not giving it a, a title. And she said her ex's name and it was a, a female's name. And I sort of sat back and was like, oh, I'd never really, it never really occurred to me what her sexuality was. And not that it was relevant because she was just a woman I'd made friends with. I'd never met her before. And she was, you know, lovely and warm and really kind and wasn't at all concerned with my personal circumstances and the position I was in. Anyway, over time, um, we sort of were having dinner one night a week. So she would ride her horses after work. And one night a week, we got into a sort of a routine habit that she would come upstairs and have dinner with myself and my children. And so I got to know her quite well. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, not that I've had a crush on anyone for a number of years. I've been married for 13, or I've been married for not quite 13 years, but I've been in a relationship for more than 13 years with a man. And I found myself having those funny little butterflies like like a teenager. And I couldn't quite put my finger wow. on these feelings that I was having because one I probably hadn't had them for a number of years and two once I sort of dawned on what I was feeling on on what was happening to me internally in my mind I was like Juanita what are you thinking about she is a gay woman I'm effectively a straight woman she's you know this this isn't a real thing because I had my own stereotypes on on being gay and and yeah, it just it just grew from there. And this one particular evening, we were having dinner, and I she was talking away, telling me telling me a story, which you know I can't tell you what it was because I was staring just at her, and in my mind thinking, I don't know what you're doing. What are all these weird feelings? <laughs> I I totally stopped listening. I droned out, and I was just focusing on um, her beautiful blue eyes and how engaging she was, and all these beautiful attributes that I was seeing from a different perspective that I'd never looked at in a woman before. Yeah. Anyway, she said to me, she stopped and she said, are you all right? Because obviously I was staring at her and probably quite blankly or I don't know <laughs> what we on my face. And I popped out of my seat sort of awkward like, yes, and I started doing the dishes. Anyway, we, um, we said goodnight and she disappeared for the evening. And then maybe a week or two later, the same situation we were talking we'd gone out and had um, a meal together and gone to the movies together and and just building just like a normal relationship you know we were very open with each other she had her own demons I had had my own demons she had some terrible relationship breakdowns I was going through my own it was you know we all had we we had things that we were quite open and honest and frank about that I've probably never been open and honest and frank about with anyone else, including my my working on my ex-husband. Like this right. is a relationship I've I've not had with someone being brutally honest and pride and you know poured my poured my ugly dirty heart out and you know mm-hmm. had quite openly talked about things that I'd spoken with the psychologist and the counselor and counselor and they're all things that are hard to say to a psychologist let alone to someone that's your prospective other and even the hard things to say to your mum so I'd met this new friend and I was almost compelled to tell her because she was a total clean slate no one I'd ever met and she was giving me the same so it was quite reciprocal in this natural sharing of of everything anyway so we had another meal and I found myself staring at her again thinking, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're a straight woman. She's a gay woman. She's not going to be interested in you. I don't even know why I'm interested in you. Anyway, on 
she had was leaving downstairs and I had we were just she was chattering away as she was leaving and she got to the bottom of the stairs and I had this wave of of I don't know what I'm doing and I literally floated down the stairs and said, Can I ask you a question? As and she turned around. I didn't even ask anything, I just kissed her. <gasps> yeah. And even now I think to myself, I have never been so brazen in my life with a man, let alone a woman, and I've never been with a woman. Yep. Anyway, so the kiss happens and suddenly it's like I transformed back into a teenage girl and grew gills and we literally kissed like teenagers for maybe eight minutes wow. is what I yeah, like was I can't even explain it was so lovely and yeah just one of those things and then when I sort of stepped away from her I laughed and said oh my god I'm I don't even know what happened and we had a bit of a conversation about you know um what did she say to me she said you know it's okay and if you don't want to do that again it's it's okay yeah but maybe talk about this tomorrow and, and I said, okay, good night. And I just looked at her sort of with this sheepish smile and she said good night to me and she got in the car and drove away. I went upstairs. I didn't even wash up. I just um, peeled my clothes off and just went to bed and was a bit aghast at what I'd done and all these crazy waves of rushing feelings that I was having that I hadn't had in years and that um, I guess something that's ingrained in us from society and again, I'll say it, I'm a straight woman. She's a gay woman. What am I doing? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Why am I doing this? Yeah. And then it wasn't maybe a week later that the thoughts of what will people say? Right. Like, what will, what will people say about this? And it sort of wasn't really too much for me. Like, it didn't – and I know that people coming out is very difficult. And for the women that I know that are – um, in a same-sex relationship, talk about them coming out, whereas I didn't really have that struggle of who am I and what am I doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I had that, I sort of now, two years later, I can just say I fell in love with a woman. Like I I find it difficult for people to say that are you gay or mm-hmm. are you lesbian or are you bisexual? It's like, well, I don't really feel like I need a label. I just fell in love with this beautiful human and she happens to be a woman right so it's yeah it's i i'd love to speak to maybe like a sexologist or someone to kind of work through you know everyone if the people i speak to need a label they need you to go here's my label this is what i am yeah but i don't think that i can only say i don't need that label because i don't i didn't come out I didn't have a big struggle with my sexuality as a teenage woman or as an adolescent. It's not a, um, I feel like for my husband, maybe it was probably rather demasculating, but um, I didn't, I haven't had that whole, oh my God, what am I doing? It's more, this, this, this is happening and it's so beautiful and lovely. Yep. And I, I don't, I don't need a, like, I don't need a label. And even people that I know, in same-sex relationships often question me, like, did you have these feelings before? Like, when, when did you work out you, you liked women? I'm like, well, I just at my kitchen table. That's when I worked it out. Wow. 
That's so yeah. interesting. And so, so you're still with her, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And how long have you been together now? Um, nearly two years. Oh my goodness! Wow. And so, what was it like? Did you get any? I guess um, when you told people, did anyone kind of say, "What are you doing?" Or did you get support? Or did you get negative? Like, what what kind of um, happened when you were kind of a bit more, um, I guess, open with <laughs> with your with your relationship? Um, see, I'm, this is probably the part that I find quite unique about my situation is because I live in a very small community and I was effectively married to someone who was probably, I have a joke with my partner and I say to her all the time, we're a bit like Notting Hill, you're like you're dating a celebrity. Like this is a very small town yeah. and unfortunately the the way that this community works and the family that I married into, um, they're, you know, monarchy families, they're third generation, they own businesses and they're, you know, they're big, they're big fish in a small pond, not being rude or ghastly towards their circumstances. That's just the way it is. It's a small town. That's, that's the reality of it. And so I'm like, have been quite a figure in the community with volunteering, parts of sporting groups. You know, lots of organising events. I'm, you know, always part of whatever's happening in the community. Mm-hmm. And I, I joke with her. I'm like, I'm a red carpet walker. You're dating someone who's always on the red carpet. My photo <laughs> is. Everybody knows my name. And all these things. And when I left my husband, um, it's sort of like that door closed. Is that becomes an uncomfortable situation for all of those people. Right. And I thought, um. I sort of got shut out. Like a lot of people that I would have considered my friends, they're not. They're, wow. you know, they're people you go to events with and they're people that sit on your table. They're people that ask you to sit on their table. Mm. You, you know, I've, I don't like the term of you're one of those who's who, but in a small town, that's kind of what you become. And it's not something I'm proud of. Um, I've been like a rugby wag. I've been a, a cricket wag, you know. And then when all my relationship dissolved with my ex-husband, I was no longer that thing and I was no longer that person and a lot of those people stopped inviting me. They stopped talking to me. They're uncomfortable in the supermarket when they see me because they go, oh, you know, there's Juanita. Like, what, wow. what, do you, what do you say? And I'm sure that that is a normal thing for a lot of people in small communities or just in their general circles. So yeah. my circle went from huge, you know, huge number of people in a small community, but still quite a large people, to maybe like five or ten and very few people when I separated even messaged or called or spoke to me, you know, how are you going, are you going okay, do you need anything, like that just went to nothing. Jeez. Like, so the people that I spoke to were effectively just my family, so my mum and my brother and my sister and um, those people that were in my immediate, immediate family circle and then just a handful of friends and... It was for my friends. They were like, "Oh, cool. When do we get to meet her?" Right. You know, i I didn't have I didn't have any are you joking moments. Like you're joking, aren't you? Like what are you what are you doing? Like you can't you can't do that. You you know you've got children. You know this is a small town. People aren't going to like that. Like no one said that. But I was already very aware of how I was being treated within the community or not treated because I wasn't really being treated anyway. I was just being ignored. Right. Um, or, you know, 
there's all the little gossipies and I know people are talking about me and you know what, I don't even care because it's not, it's true. It's so, it's a, um, I can't what the word is. It's not a very good way to, it's not important to worry about what other people are thinking. Like I, it's not, I I make it not my business. Whatever you think of me, it's none of my business. So I kind of took that approach of, you can you can talk about me and I'm I'm not gonna let that bother me. So when this sort of came about, so few people knew and it was only when I felt the need that I had to tell my ex husband because yeah. I had children. Obviously they were spending their time with her. I was very careful and very mindful of what our physical relationship was together in front of my children so that they weren't confused. Yeah. But my kids were little, like my big boy is only just eight and my little boy is only just five. Right. And so it, it wasn't really anything weird because they don't have prejudice. We teach them that. So my kids yeah. just call her, they call her now two years later, mummy number two. Wow. So it's not, it's not important for them. It's not a relevant factor. It's not weird for them and they're totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, yeah. How was but, it talking to your your ex husband and just how did he take it? Was he? Was, um, well, did he I see it coming. Well, what what happened there was I happened to be at my twenty year high school reunion, right. and I get a message, like a text message from him saying that our son had mentioned that um, my that such and such, and I won't mention a name, and that uh, my girlfriend sleeps in bed with me and I ignored the message I saw it I didn't acknowledge it and I left it alone I thought I'm just going to let that ride yep. and in the morning it was 10 o'clock at night and I may have had one or two drinks and that's not an appropriate time <laughs> to have that conversation so I left it in the morning I said to him when I get back um because I was in Brisbane and I live in North Queensland I said when I get back I'll speak to you about and just left it at that that's all he was getting chopping that off there so when I got home I went and saw him and I stood in the front yard and we talked over the back of his mute and he went through, I watched, physically watched with my eyes, a myriad of emotions of wow. of how he felt about this. He got physically upset, he had a little cry, he then there was this funny smug little like, I'm gonna get you back and you're gonna bring your girlfriend with you. Like I'm gonna get the ultimate threesome here. Oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And there was this myriad of emotions. So from one extreme of upset that you've left me for a woman to, oh, my God, I'm going to get a threesome and everything in between. I think he was, like, he would definitely be genuinely hurt. He was upset. Um, It's obviously a big blow to people's manhoods, and I can totally understand that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so he not it didn't take it well, and in the preceding few weeks, think the word that he used was um like the honeymoon period or it was just like experimenting or you're just doing this to hurt me and all of those things I thought were almost juvenile that you would say those things because you know what two years later I'm still there like I'm not a teenage girl experimenting I'm not doing it because oh it's cool and I'll get people's attention Mm. or you know all, all those I'm not sure all of the thought processes that go through men's minds or even people's minds but it was none of it was none of that it was not about attention it was it was about a a woman who I was so comfortable with and I was attracted to and almost wooed by like 
the production of a beautiful conversation is yeah. probably the best way I could describe it. Is um, I spoke to my friend and we were talking about, you know, when you make a new friend, someone comes to town and you don't see them as beautiful or pretty or whatever. It's just a new person. And as you get to know them, regardless of their appearance, they become beautiful because it's not about how they physically look. It's about their inside. Yeah. And I think what I got wooed by was this amazing, charming, articulate, totally engaging, very intelligent woman who took me for one for one, just took me for the lady in front of me and not and not the my physical physique. She wasn't attracted to, you know, my assets, physical assets. She wasn't attracted by my athletic appearance or by my hair or by my breast. She was she just just wanted a friend and then the other things come follow after that. You know, we had a totally organic connection and it wasn't fueled by alcohol at the pub and it wasn't, you know, we didn't do those random drunken looks across the room and weren't set up by friends and there was no coercion from other people. It was very, very organic. Yeah. And did she feel the same during this time or did it take her a bit to kind of like think about it? we talk about this all the time that she had this huge crush on me but knew that I was a straight woman. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And she talks about because of my appearance and she said, you know, you're such a beautiful woman but you're also a straight woman. So as she said, you know, there's no, not that there's no point but I would only be um, hurting myself or doing myself in detriment by longing to someone who isn't, you know, attracted to another woman. Yeah. So it's not like it's not worth having those longing feelings and having a little obsession. But she, you know, she quite openly says we went to the creek where there's little waterfalls, and I peel off my clothes and I've got got bikinis on. And she says, you know, in her mind, she goes, "Oh my god, this woman is beautiful! Like, look at her body; she's absolutely beautiful." And she says, "What could this woman possibly want with me when she refers to herself?" Wow. And you know. She says, that she's batting above her average or punching above her weight. And I say to her the exact same thing, I'm batting above my average and punching above my weight because <laughs> of her intellectual ability and her career mind and those things. So it's two definitely, it's the same, same, but different attraction. Yeah. She, she was, yeah. I bet and she so wasn't I, expecting you to be interested then. She would have gotten a shot no, when you kissed her. Of of course not, of course not. And she, you know, for the first three months, she's constantly checking with me and said, you know, do you want to do this? Do you want to continue doing this? I, you know, I, are you sure? I, are you sure that you like this? Are you sure that you want to, you know, because it's a whole different. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really lovely and, you know, careful on her part. You know, she wants to make sure that you are, you know, you are feeling good about your decision. And it's great that she checked in with you. I think that's super important. Yeah, and she still checks in with me now. Like, I, I oh, that's this nice. is, it's a lot. It's a life choice, and yeah. I'm like, no, it's falling in love with a person. I'm not falling in love with a camel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Wow, what a story! And and I guess where do you see your future together going? Um. Well, I had this conversation with um a woman in in um like a different friend group and she says to me the the relationship between a man and a woman is totally different to a relationship with a woman like mm-hmm. it's in a relationship 
So when you think about your best friends, what's the relationship you have with them versus the relationship you have with your partner and that safe space, you know, we talk about absolutely everything, all the, the missing, gritting, dirty, ugly, a- anything. Like it's nothing is, nothing is sacred. Everything is a topic and we talk everything through. So I often joke with my friends that it is the ultimate relationship as friends with benefits because we talk about everything, no stone is unturned. Yeah. We talk when we get home, we talk about how our day went, how each thing made us feel. It's like dating a psychologist when you date a woman <laughs> because it's not the same thing that you do with a man. It's no. the way that we talk about everything. And, you know, I know people who have only ever been with their husband who they um, who they were with in high school and we have that sort of relationship because you grow together and, and everything is a topic and everything is talked about and you dissect all your conversations and all your thoughts and all your feelings and you get to um, you get to express everything in, in a safe place. So when something isn't right in um, in a relationship with a man, in my personal experience, is if I'm upset about something, I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'm going to talk about it in three days' time when we do something silly and it's this build-up of, ridiculous things that have annoyed me and then suddenly I'm going to explode about this one thing of you not putting your socks in the laundry basket but actually the thing I'm angry about happened three days ago yeah right so if you can relate to that that's how my previous relationship has gone whereas with a woman I say something stupid or I do something stupid now and within two seconds we're talking about it wow great communication hey such a different dynamic we don't go to bed on arguments because, like, I, I think every wedding I've been to, and I've been to think the mums and dads that are still together will always say, don't go to bed in an argument. And it's true. We don't go to bed in an argument. And if we do, we're awake within two hours and we have to talk about it. Yeah. Wow. Because you have to talk about it. So we have such a good relationship. Everything is talked about. That's so good. And, and I guess in the early stages and navigating this relationship, how were you going, I guess, your inner thoughts and navigating it on your own kind of in your own head were you like oh I need a handbook on this were you kind of like how did you go about kind of being like okay this is happening um you know it was really quite really quite organic I guess because I have a a high school friend who um straight out of high school she had couple of children and then later on found herself with a woman right. and I'll, she was one of the first person I told I told her like the, the morning after I kissed her right. like oh my god done. and we we talked for about two hours and she had just she had just given me not tidbits of advice but things that had had made me feel that it wasn't wrong because that that whole we're a Christian society married between one man and one woman and it was more that what we're doing isn't wrong and there has been a yes vote and it doesn't matter because if you like someone, what does it matter what their sexuality is? So I think that I was already quite well grounded from knowing her relationship and seeing her, you know, deliriously in love with a woman and like I'm a yes voter. Just, it just doesn't it doesn't matter but to experience it myself the whole love is love and it doesn't matter and to actually fall in love with a woman who I wasn't attracted to before and to organically grow that attraction I think that in my mind it was 
I was totally okay with it anyway because I was open-minded enough to be accepted. Yeah, wow. It's so good that you had that support and you were able to chat to your friend and kind of dissect everything with her and, you know, kind of break things yeah. down. That's that's a great way to do it. Oh, my God, if anyone in that position had someone that they could just speak to who was in the, you know, a similar position, yeah, wouldn't that I'll, make the world easier? <laughs> yes, of course, but I, I don't feel that as a community of humans, we, we don't really do that. We have a huge struggle and I think it's all based on what will somebody else think and Mm. I guess that I'd already been through enough to know it just didn't matter what somebody else thought yeah and yeah like I'm not that I want to be a martyr but I was just happy to go I I don't care I you know you have you have your opinion you can stand over there and have it all all to yourself because it's not my absolutely absolutely and I guess that also comes with you know life experience and just kind of being like well you know what that's just my choice my decision my life who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, what was I going to ask? I just forgot it. Um, give me one second while I think of this. Um, I was mm-hmm. going to ask um, – oh, yeah. So if, if anyone is listening that's kind of maybe in the same position or, you know, they found themselves, you know, having feelings for the same sex or – you know, who might want to explore that or might be a little bit scared to, what, I guess, advice or what would you say to them if, you know, if, if they are listening? Um, I'm a big believer in the why. I, I like to know the why about everything. And you can ask me any random question, I'll be like, but why? Why do we do that? Why? So I think that for myself to give anyone advice is why do you want to do that? Is it is it because your heart says that you want to? Is it because your mind says that you want to? Is it because there's a social media, you know, all these very unhealthy media, you know, demon that's created in society at the moment? Are you, you know, are you doing it because you feel pressured? Like, what is the why behind it? Mm. Like, I, I love that my why was, I'm having all these feelings and I don't understand them, but I like them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want someone to do something that in five years' time they would look back on and go, oh, my God, that was the worst decision and I can't take it back. Yeah, right. But on the other hand, I'm sure there are plenty of people that have not done it because they're worried about what someone else will think in five years' time. Or what they'll think of themselves in five years' time because we know the things that you regret are often the things you never did versus the things that you did do. Because generally when you do something, you learn a lesson or you learn something from it. Yep. And then when you didn't do something, you'd go back and go, oh, my God, I'm now just five years old and I've never done that and I regret never doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's a fine line. But I, I like the why. So if I can dissect anything that I'm feeling, I go – dig down and dig down and, you know, open all the corridors and all the things. Why? Where does this feeling come from or where does this thought come from and why am I thinking it? So I think that if you're in a situation where there are these feelings you're creating around around the person of the same sex, why are you feeling that? Like, is it is it because you're engaged with that person, you're um you you're having amazing conversations that you can't get from somewhere else. And they're they're all okay feelings. Like your feelings are relevant and they're your own mm-hmm. and you have to validate them. So Absolutely. feel it, give it a label, validate it, 
and go, okay, this, this is a real feeling and I'm, I'm going to act on it. Good advice. I think that's really great. And it's when you say it like that, it's something so simple, but I guess in the moment, you know, if someone's feeling like that, uh, they would have so many different emotions and feelings and thoughts. So that's a really simple way to kind of, I guess, address that. Yeah, I think that we don't dissect our feelings and our emotions enough. Yeah. I, don't, I think people feel something and go, oh, my God, that's ridiculous because society has told us that it's wrong or that it's not right or, you know, has a stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. But just go out and find the why behind the feeling or the thought, work out where it came from, give it a label, become at peace with it or grow with it and take a step forward and sometimes the best risk to take is the scariest one. Yeah, so true. I love that. And I also know that you have a very interesting Instagram. I had a bit of a read and <laughs> you write beautifully and I I really think you should um, let us know what the handle is and what that Instagram is all about. So because I was having this whole relationship sort of unfold somewhat in secret, somewhat not in secret, um, the way that I kind of express myself is generally sometimes I'm not very articulate and I fall inside myself and I have all these things that swirl around in my brain and in order to get them out so that I can go to sleep at night, I have to write them down. Mm-hmm. So writing down all these things that had made up the, the circumstance of how I found myself in this position, being single mum, two children, relationship with a woman, I had to write them down and sort of purge and, and get them out. So I didn't really feel like at the time I could put that on my my personal Instagram page because of the small town I live in and not everyone wants to know. You know what? People say, oh, how are you feeling? But you know what? They don't want to know. They don't want to know. They want to keep some kind of lollipop. Yeah. And some of it is fun and lollipop. Some of it is quite hurtful and painful and, you know, it comes from deep, dark places. Yeah. So I started a new Instagram to sort of unravel and question some of the questions I was asked or question some of my feelings and some of my thoughts and dissect them in text. So I decided I would do that. And what better way to do that is on an Instagram where I can hashtag and, and find other people's stories and read other things to try to research where do other people come from when when they have these thoughts and these feelings or the questions that people would ask me or the inappropriate looks that I would get or the mm. random graphic questions people would ask me. Wow. Um, or people with no filters or people that just really wanted to understand. They would, like, I've been asked some really crazy questions and I wanted to write them down. I wanted to have somewhere to put them down so that later on when maybe my children want to ask or when people, you know, I think it's an interesting story and I don't think that my story is isolated, but I think that not everyone talks about it because it's a little taboo or it's a little uncomfortable or we're not quite there in society yet because we're a Christian-valued country and, as I said, marriage is one man, one woman. Mm. Um, so anyway, I started this Instagram handle and it is called That Sex Question Very because cool. I, I was questioning myself and I was questioning how did I get here what what is the premise where is the basis and lots of people have questions and one of the first questions a lot of people ask is have you had sex with a woman as if it's like bizarre like you're really you've had sex with a woman and and some people don't even know what that means like I find that quite funny that some people don't actually know what sex 
to women how they have sex and I think it's a key degree from pornography or social media or I don't know, pictures yeah. or I don't know. And and that that was that was one of the first questions that um, an older woman in her fifties who is my friend had asked me, she said when I told her, she said, So how have you gone sexually with her? Just straight out and she's an era of not talking about that. Her era is that you, you don't talk about sex with your husband or your friends. It's just a little taboo. Yeah. And she instantly just asked me, like, instantly that sex question. And I wasn't really prepared for the answer. And I tried to describe it as best as I could without being graphic with a woman in her 50s. Yeah. So, yeah, I've made an Instagram page called That Sex Question. And there's lots of little stories and my feelings and lots of um, sort of blog style posts, I guess, someone has asked me something or I've spoken about something and it's gone into my thought process and it sits way back there in my hippocampus and then three days later I'm filled with all these words and texts and I have to write it down and get it out because it's something that either bothers me or I find interesting or I have to question within myself about whatever the topic is. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had a really good, have people received it well? Oh, I don't really have that many followers. I've had a few questions. I've had, you know, plenty of likes. And I've, I've, you know, I've made sure that any of the pictures that are on there are either like stock images of, you know, whatever, or I've made little memes myself or the pictures, the actual graphics are actually of myself. So oh, if wow. I've taken a it's my person, but I'm not using somebody else's stock photos of their body. It's their images of myself. Wow. So that being more true to myself without being too open. Yeah. I'll let no photos of my face on there. Um, but there's, it's just, I guess some of the photos are probably, the word would be provocative, mm-hmm. I guess, without without being the type of photo that Instagram would go, no, no, you can't have that. Yeah. Um, yep. Free the nipple. But <laughs> exactly, free, free the nipple. Um, but, yeah. Just images of myself and nice and certain I try to relate the image to the topic um, yeah. or if I have an image of myself that relates to the topic, I will find something that's a stock photo or I'll make my own little graphic in Photoshop or whatever. Cute. Yeah, your, your photos are beautiful and I loved reading all of your captions and as I said before, you write so beautifully and it was really interesting <laughs> for me um, as someone, you know, who has only been with guys Um for me, it was just so interesting to read that and see it from your perspective and just, yeah, it was eye-opening and um, I applaud you for doing that and kind of creating something that's, uh, you're welcome, something that's a, an outlet for you but also something that people can learn from. Yeah, yeah, I I like I like that there have been women that have said to me, oh, my God, I wish I was as brave as you. And I'm like, well, I don't really feel like I'm brave. I think that it's just. I think that there's a very there's a very different definition between bravery and courage, mm-hmm. and I think that I probably I'm probably a lot of both, but I also feel like when your relationship is not good and you're so ingrainedly unhappy, the things that you do to make yourself happy aren't always healthy. And I've talked about those in there that you know they've got plenty of behaviours I'm, I'm very ashamed of in the breakdown of my relationship. But I also learned that the things that I I do do now are, are vastly different and 
the things you have to do things that make you happy. Yeah. Like the the ability to be freeingly happy, like or deliriously happy, or just so comfortable in in yourself because of something that you're doing is quite is quite liberating. Like I've never ever been a private person. I've always had everything on social media and I've been out in the community so much. Everyone knows everything. Yep. And to now pull back and be a little bit private is so liberating. I wondered as a young woman that you see people and you never hear anything about those people and they seem so private. It's also like they're secretive and the way that we talk about those people, oh, they're so private. What are they hiding? <laughs> well, I'm not hiding anything. Yep. I'm just private about my relationship. And I like that. I like that we just go about our business. We live very simply. And I, I like that we can just, we can just be without all the drama. We have such a small friend group and it's reduced the drama in my life. I'm not spread so thin with events and sporting activities and all the things that we overfill our life with that we spread ourselves so thin yeah. that we don't hold anything for ourselves or that person that you sleep beside. And uh, we quite, quite openly say we don't sleep beside with each other. Sleep beside each other. We sleep with each other. Like it's a totally different thing to going to bed exhausted because you've got nothing left, that you don't have anything left for that person beside you. Yeah. Such a good lesson as well. You know, we, we fill our plate so much and it just overflows, you know, when then we don't have time for the person, you know, that we go home to or, you know, and that's yeah. when, you know, things can really break down and um, it can get really complicated. Exactly. So, yeah, great it's, advice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wish you and your partner all the best and I cannot thank you enough, Juanita, for coming on and sharing that story with us. Anytime.